rocking with the hottest underground hip hop and R&B show on this side of the net. This is Nonstop Radio. Yeah, 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 ladies and gentlemen, was really good. Glad you could all join us once again here tonight as the Nonstop Radio Show presents to you the In the Spotlight Show with your host, yours truly. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Nonstop Radio 212 on my personal Twitter page at the Emilio Wackbar to stay up to date with the latest news and highlights from your favorite hip hop shows, favorite hip hop show. Here tonight we got joining us a special guest man And yo when I tell y'all rocks with homie right here man I definitely rocks with homie He's one of my favorite indie artists out there doing this thing man So let's welcome back for a second time here to this platform One of the almighty animal gang's own Chaos the MCs y'all Let's put our hands together and give this man a round of applause Yo Chaos What's good brother? Yo 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 What's good bro? Ain't nothing man Glad to be back Yeah man we glad to have you back man So how's everything been? Oh, it's good, man. Um, you know, I'm just living life, uh, doing doing my music thing again. I'm actually, uh, I was on hiatus for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just getting back into it and whatnot. Yes, sir. I could definitely. I could definitely feel you on that one, man, because like we've been on a hiatus over here too, especially with everything that's been going on, going on, you know, during this pandemic and everything like that. So very understandable, like you know, us as essential workers, you know, what I'm saying sometimes we got to put these. Things that we love to do the most, you know, to the side in order to, you know, serve a greater cause, man. But you know, we here now, you know what I mean? We back at it doing our thing, man. That's facts. Yeah, man. Feels good too. Feels good. Absolutely, man. So you know, it's been a minute since you've been on this platform, man. So let's catch up, you know, for all the people out there that's tuned in and listening right now. For those of you who may be listening to us for the very first time, you know what I'm saying? You know, chaos. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, man? Yo, yo, yeah. My name is uh, Chaos the MC. You know, one. I don't even know now. One twelfth, one fifteenth of the Animal Gang. You know, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of us. You know, we span from from California to Arizona to Baltimore, New York. You know, Belgium, everywhere. And uh, you know, also a solo artist in my own right. You know what I mean? Just just navigating the world still. You know, with this music thing and whatnot. I definitely hear that, man. So it sounds like the animal gang grew into a whole facet. You know what I'm saying? Like a whole family and whatnot, man. That's what's really good, man. Yes, sir. Like, you know, uh, so we had like frequent, uh, collaborators that like, like, you know, for instance, uh, DJ Grasshopper out of Belgium mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, and, and Sparky Ski, you know, that we frequently co- collaborate with all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's really like to the point where it's like, you know, we collaborate with them so much, you know, they're animal gang too. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's up, man. Like, you know, I don't know if anybody out there, like, for the rest of you out there who's tuned in and listening right now, if you got time, make sure you go out there and go check out our very first interview we did together. It's available now on SoundCloud.com forward slash nonstop dash radio dash show. Or you can go over to the EJP Entertainment Anchor channel and check out that past episode between myself and Chaos here and everything like that, man. So, you know, the Animal Gang, man, like, how did that get started? So, um, Animal Gang started with, uh, 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 an MC slash blogger by the name of, uh, Proverb the Wise, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He was like my, he was like my mentor when I started doing this at like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So him and, um, the other front man by the name of Don Street from, uh, Baltimore. Um, so it started with them too. And they did a couple joints called, uh, Banger and, um, 
older and wiser produced by crew from uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. And then um I got induct I got put in the group because me and Proverb actually had a prior group before that called the Brainstormers. Mm-hmm. Um so we actually got an EP that's that's floating around on the internet somewhere. Um it it actually built a solid buzz for us as a group and um individually. So it started with us and then um pretty much Don Street like went out and did the recruiting after that. And next thing I know, we went from like three to like nine or ten people or something like that. And um it's cool because, you know, we all we're all uh multifaceted. You know, some of us are MCs, producers and engineers. Some of us are MCs, producers, graphic artists, you know, stuff like that. And uh, so it's kind of cool because we're able to keep everything in the house, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the move right there. You know what I mean? Like, I remember I've said that one time before. It was like um, a few years ago when I was like really heavy into my MC thing. And, you know, we were trying to get some, you know, stuff going off of the ground, you know, trying to start our own like little independent, you know, imprint and everything. And, that was one of the visions I had I was like you know what Instead of Paying for studio time Instead of you know Paying for beats and everything Why don't we just invest In ourselves You know what I'm saying You know we give everybody A, a specific a, You know specific job You know you handle Making the beats You handle doing the boards And everything like that You handle the video thing And then This dude over here Handled this that and the third You know what I'm saying Like I've always seen it like as us being independent artists or unsigned artists or whatever you want to label yourself as, I always said it's always best to, you know, invest in yourself. You know, don't be just one, one faceted, you know, be versatile in what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Because the getting behind the mic part and writing rhymes and everything like that, to me, that's the easy part. You know what I'm saying? But then once you don't have anything other than just, you know, writing rhymes and, you know, recording tracks or whatever, then like, what else can you bring to the table? You know what I'm saying? Especially in the era we in now, you know, where you got so many things that's going on and so many different people out there is, you know, so well-rounded. It's a perfect time more than any, especially with everything with this current pandemic and the uncertainty of our future going forward. I feel as though it's definitely a really good time more than anything to, you know, really invest in yourself when it comes to being an artist. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's the time right now, man. And you know, people got so much free time right now. You know, uh, the the old the old excuse of I just don't have time for it kind of goes out the window right True. now because you ain't got nothing but time right now. <laughs> you know I mean? so, yeah, that's the truth, man. You got nothing but time. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I'm wondering, you know, like out there, like with people that's going on that aren't essential workers or whatever the case may be. Like, how are you actually spending your time? Throughout this pandemic Are you just sitting there You know Worried about what the future holds Are you Doing things to You know Put your future In a better perspective You know what I mean Right yeah definitely Yeah you know Put your future in a better perspective And you know Whenever this We do it, I'm not, I don't want to say if But mm-hmm. When How about when When we when. do come out of this pandemic You know what I mean You already have laid the groundwork for it You know what I mean Mm-hmm. With all with all this free time you got, you can lay the groundwork for it. And when we come out of this pandemic, you can execute it. Absolutely. So let me ask you, you know, with yourself being an essential worker like myself and everything like that, like, you know, like how much time or, you know, you know, how has this whole current pandemic been for you in that aspect? I mean, tell you the truth, man, but be, being an essential worker, um, 
it's really been the same for me okay. as far as how much time I have. The the main difference is um, when I came back home, the the restrictions on you know being, we were at, I'm actually in an area that um had a curfew during mm-hmm. the uh, during the riots and stuff okay. because I kind of live like in a, a area where there's strip malls and stuff, so they kind of I think our curfew was at like seven or eight at night. And um, you couldn't be out after that. Mm. So that was different for me because, you know, when I was working, I was an essential worker. You know, I had slips and stuff that would allow me to be out after curfew or uh, or before, um, like, you know, say they said curfew was like 4 a.m. in the morning to like 8 at night. Mm-hmm. I could be out before 4 a.m. and after 8 at night because mm-hmm. I had the slips. So, okay. but I mean, you know, working... 12 hours uh, 72 hours a week and whatnot and have one day off I'm still doing that oh, so the man. only difference came was when I, when I came home and I wasn't able to do whatever I wanted freely like I was used to doing you know what I mean yeah you know I had to go outside with a mask on which tell you the truth is I don't I'm not complaining about the mask at all you know I don't want anybody to take this as a complaint but with me uh, having a already compromised respiratory system and then also living in Arizona where it's like 112 degrees mm. um, any given day. I can only be outside for like 45 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And then wearing the mask, it's like it feels so constricting that like my breathing actually feels compromised. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Like we was discussing mm-hmm. earlier before, you know, we started rolling. Like I had, you know, about with pneumonia you know a year ago and everything like that so like when you putting on that mask and you know you already had a previous you know condition that you know kind of compromised your respiratory system like mask man like that feels like that's a whole other struggle right there man especially dealing with that and yeah everyday activities and having to wear that when you go outside and all that man right definitely yeah, so that, that that was different for me like i didn't even like when i was wearing it at work uh you know I was when I was out in Mississippi. I was working night shift, so mm-hmm. it wasn't nowhere near as hot, and um, I wasn't moving around as much as I am back home. You know, when I'm back home, I'm out and about, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere. So the um, the constant uh, bustle of you know everyday life when I'm out there, walking here, going to the grocery store, walking around the grocery store, coming out, going to you know wherever, you know all the all that all that physical activity which i mean i'm not saying i don't, I don't do nothing at work but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes our days are slow yeah. but what i'm saying is you know all that uh i i wasn't getting all that when i was at work now that i come back home and it's 20 degrees maybe 20 30 degrees hotter than it was when i was out there mm-hmm. and now it's really hitting me you know what i mean yeah Man, I can imagine with all that heat and then on top of that, because, like, out here in New York, like, we've had days where it feel like it's 100 degrees and it only be, like, 95, but the real feel is <laughs> like, 102 or something. So I can yeah. imagine when you out there in the desert, you know what I'm saying, and that, that temperature is just a constant 113, and you're yeah. dealing with that, like, and that dry humidity. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can understand why <laughs> that's, that thing is a struggle, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, you know, a lot of people, when I was in the South, they was like, oh, yeah, it's, that's one, 117, but there's like, there's virtually no humidity. I'm mm-hmm. like, you don't understand. I said, when it gets to that temperature, I said, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. I said, humidity, I said, whether there's humidity or not, I said, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. I said, as soon as you walk outside, you feel it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
the only difference is you don't feel like you just took a shower again because you know it's not humid humid like the south right. or 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 in um or the, in the northeast right i said but you feel it like immediately right boom as soon as you get out of the shade, you know, being that say you live in an apartment complex, you got to walk down the hall. As soon as you get out of the shade, the sun is right there. Mm. Like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then you then you got you got to think about it. You got to get in your car to go somewhere. Your car been baking in 113 degree weather for who knows how long mm. since the sun came up. So you jump in that car, it's like a sauna in there. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Can't touch the steering wheel. You know what I mean? So... I mean, does it help any, like, when you're dealing with that situation, does it help any to just leave the car doors open and the windows roll down for a little bit? Or is it just, like, man, all the same? It, it, man, it really depends on the interior of your car. Like, my brother, mm-hmm. you know, um, he used to have leather seats in his car. Mm-hmm. So that that was that was a nightmare. Oh, wow. But, like, usually <laughs> what I do is I get in, I'll hop in the car and I'll turn the AC on and everything. Yeah, and I'll roll the windows down and let it air out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can imagine, but, man. <laughs> yeah, but like you know how they say in the northeast when it snows it dictates your day yeah. well the heat for some people depending on how hot it is out here it dictates people's day i can imagine man like we just seen a report just you know a couple of days ago where death valley just set a record for the hottest temperature ever in the united states at 133 degrees or something it was like that yeah i think it was 132 oh 132 okay i think so yeah and like i can't even imagine living in that type of temperature like out here you know 90 degrees is like all right it's hot but it's it's not miserable high but then you get to 100 it's like all right man like you catch me when the sun going down but then 132 degrees like damn bro like <laughs> yeah like i guess so like to put it in perspective man uh i usually i usually try to get up by like well before i was getting up at like 6 a.m mm-hmm. now i get up by at least like 8 30 in the morning mm. but um by that time it's already like 98 degrees outside mm. and then by the time it's like uh noon it's already like 109 wow and you gotta think about it, 109 if the high is 117 that day then it's gonna be anywhere between 109 to 117 until like i don't think it start cooling down until like six seven at night wow. and then even then at like uh it's not as bad as it was, but like at the end of July, uh, beginning, very beginning of August, when it's like, you know, for pretty much most of July, beginning of August, um, it could be like midnight, still like 98 degrees outside. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, I was tripping, what? A few months ago when I went outside Because I work nights at times too and everything So like I went outside and it was like 83 degrees outside and I'm like it's feeling Kind of humid and everything I'm like yo It's, it's hot as a mug out here you know yeah. Being like it's 12 1 o'clock at night and then next thing you know I'm like you, you know just listening to you I'm like damn like 98 degrees and it's Dark outside that is crazy Yeah bro it's not it's not it's weird It, it took them getting used to I'm used to it Now yeah. but it was like when I first moved here I was like mm. What was I doing? So for anybody coming out there to the desert to visit, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, shoot, bring a lot of bring a lot of tank tops and shorts, I guess, bro. <laughs> that's all it is, man. So you know, <laughs> that's all it is. So you know, you know, we were discussing, you know, the whole COVID and everything like that, man. And you know, it's been a lot of crazy things going on in 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. 2020 has affected. 
everybody in almost every yeah. aspect of their life. Everybody's taking an L in 2020, bro. Oh, man. For, for sure. Hell yeah, man. Like, what's your thoughts on, like, everything that's been going on, you know, from the COVID-19 pandemic to the, you know, the police brutality thing, you know, the George Floyd situation? Like, I know 2020 is, we can go, like, 100 episodes talking about 2020 so far, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so, shit, let me, let me shoot, let me see if I can break it up. Like, so with the, the COVID thing, um, you know, it, it's kind of crazy, man, like, when, when the whole thing came to the U.S., you know, I was probably part of the majority who didn't think it was, like, a, a serious issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like most people, I didn't know anybody pers- that had it personally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I know there's still probably a lot of people out there who are like, well, I don't know anybody that had it personally, so I think I don't think it's real. Right. Well, I was one of those people until people I knew started catching it. You know, I myself, and then I was like, okay, yeah, this is real. This is very real. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of crazy because you know it kind of goes back to what we was talking about with the weather. You know, kind of it's kind of taking over your everyday life. Kind of dictates what you can and can't do and restrictions. Like if you're going to a certain place, the, the, the restrictions as far as like you know the masks and everything. you know what's funny. I actually seen this meme the other day, right? Uh huh. And it had me laughing. It was it was a picture of Obama walking out the house. And he was like, it said keys, check, wallet, check. And then it shows him walking back to the house. It's like, damn, I forgot my mask. And that's mm-hmm. literally how it that's how it's been for me. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I forget the mask. Now I leave the mask in the car. But um yeah, it's just it's just crazy this whole COVID thing, man. Like I really I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't taking it too seriously until people around me started that I didn't personally start catching it. Yeah. I mean, then, my fault. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, yeah. To people start, let me start catching. I wasn't taking it seriously. But, yeah. uh, I will say one thing for um, anybody that thinks it's a joke. Uh, be having experienced it myself. I, I don't wish that. I don't wish that COVID nineteen stuff on nobody. Man, I definitely feel you on that one. You know, like we were discussing earlier. You know, being at work. And being in a facility that, you know, deals with clinical things and all that stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, and just seeing so many people, even coworkers that, you know, work closely with me that was coming down with it and seeing so many people die from it and everything like that is like, you know, it definitely changed the perspective on life for everybody, you know what I'm saying? And if it didn't, you know, somebody can sit there and say that it didn't, then I, I'm pretty sure that person is, is not being truthful with themselves because, I've seen it and then you seeing the constant, you know, rest in peace on social media from people that lose mm-hmm. their family members to it, then also dealing with people that you worked with that have lost family members as well. It's like, you know, it really changed the perspective and the outlook that I had personally on life. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. it's been crazy. It's very crazy. You know, it even like um it even it you it not only it affects you it affects you mentally too yeah. you know to tell you the truth because like even with me um shoot I don't even remember like a three week span maybe where I had to deactivate like all my social media accounts just because I was seeing it like because I have nothing but time right now I'm not at work right now so mm-hmm. I'm at home all the time and I had to deactivate my accounts because every time I hop on Facebook or Instagram or something every eight out of ten posts or was 
something referring to that. You know yeah. what I mean? So same thing with the um, you know, with the whole George Floyd situation and um, and everything that's going on in our country right now. Because I remember watching the video. I couldn't even finish the video. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, me neither. But I remember before it really um, people really caught wind of it. I think I was out shopping or something, and um, I had happened to see the video somewhere. And um, I need to make it all the way through it. And then at the same time, I I had, there was no indication in my mind. I don't know why, but there was no indication in my mind that it was going to get as big as it did. Mm-hmm. So probably about two days later is when it like really started uh, blowing up and spreading like wildfire yeah. and everything. And um, with that whole situation, you know, uh, the part about it for me, because just I guess because of the type of person that I am, mm-hmm. the whole thing about it for me is, um, I haven't really, well, except for with you know like close friends and family and people that I know I've discussed it, but mm-hmm. I haven't really discussed it openly like on a social media platform with anybody. You know what I mean? Right. And you know I probably I probably got uh, backlash from that from people. Who were like, you know, you need to pick a side, don't straddle the fence. I'm not really straddling the fence. Mm-hmm. I said, but what it's allowed me to do, because from the age of when I was like a kid, probably till about, I'm 31 now, so probably till like I was about 23 years old, I was super introverted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't like being around people. I didn't like being around crowds. I didn't like none of that. So, but what it did, for me was it allowed me to sit back and analyze human beings mm-hmm. you know what i mean so the biggest part about it for me is um sitting back and even on social media even though i don't comment or participate in none of the posts or speak my piece to people who come in because to be honest when you can't really have a, an intelligent conversation with somebody who's already made up their mind. That's true. On, you know, so I'm watching all these people who I might have worked with or I grew up with or, you know, I know to some certain extent. And it's almost, I don't want to say that they were like undercover racist or nothing like that, but, you know, they just coming out saying like, all of this crazy stuff who they say all this crazy stuff that I just would have never guessed mm-hmm. that they felt you know what I mean yeah and it's kind of and you know most of them are not black yeah. so but they come out and say all this crazy stuff and I'm just sitting there like analyzing it like wow you know you know you think you know somebody but at the same time I'm not I'm not gonna call them out on it because um I I just don't I just don't want that. Uh, how you say? It's, it's, it's hard. To, it's hard to discuss this for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to call them out on it because I don't want to feel like I'm being the, the one that's confrontational. Yeah, I feel you. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, like you know, for the 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 people that are out there, um, you know, advocating for the right reasons and whatnot, it's cool. Uh, you know, actually, I want to speak on this though. But another thing, I know you've seen the the um what you call it circulating of the, the little kid was it in North Carolina you know what I'm talking about the um 
Let me see, because there's been so many things about kids in the media lately, man. I forgot like, his name, man. The one that his neighbor... Um, the five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh, man. Yeah. Like, now, don't get me wrong, you know, it's horrible. It's horrible, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, another thing, like, with that situation, it's like, you got them, you got people coming out like, oh, you know, where's the riots for this for this kid? And, right. You know, where's the justice and everything? And... I'm not saying it makes it better, you know. Yeah, the dude was arrested. There was a man. Uh, he's he got he's being held without bail and everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't look at that. What I look at is I understand, you know, the pain you feel from you know some of them, some of the people that are coming out about you know their fathers and mothers mm-hmm. and sisters of kids who are that age. But it's just like when you kind of use it as as though you're like keeping score on. Which side is doing the worst? It's you know, it's people. Some people they like kind of approach it like they keep a score about. Yeah, uh, black people do more messed up stuff, or white people do more messed up stuff, and I that's the part that I don't like to get in the middle of right there. They're, they're more so politicizing tragedy for their own agenda instead exactly. of just speaking yeah. in the situation exactly. for what it is. Right, yeah. and that's the main reason or part that I don't like to get in the middle of right mm-hmm. there. I definitely so. understand that because like. It's been like I'm gonna tell you like With this George Floyd situation And everything that's transpired Either before it Like with Breonna Taylor And everything that's transpired After it You know what I'm saying Like This is the most divided I've seen people And this is the most I've seen people's true colors Since the 2016 Trump inauguration And the campaign And everything like that You know like People are so divided right now with everything that's going on It's like everybody's picking sides I'm like everybody's right. picking sides Whether it's color based Or whether it's you know Based on you know Your principles or whatever like that Everybody's picking sides But nobody's coming to the side Of what's right and what's wrong See everybody's right. looking at it From different perspectives But they're not looking at it From the clear picture And what's right and what's wrong you know what I'm saying right. So it's like It's hard to have conversations Like you said With people who already Have their mind made up On what they want to believe Or what they want to think Because it's like You're talking to a brick wall For lack of better terms It's like you're trying to get through To somebody And make them understand What's right and what's wrong About the situation But it's like People are so stuck on What they view As their truth That they don't want to hear Or listen to anybody else You know what I mean Right Exactly And like, like I said Those are the those are the ones that I try to avoid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because no matter how many points or, or or statistical evidence or whatever whatever have you you bring to them, they've already made up their mind. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So and that's the tough part about it. And I think that's what's been the major hang up so far in trying to reach some kind of like solution for the problems that we're dealing with is because so many people out here already have their minds so made up that when you present a different point of view to them, like they're already so closed minded that they just automatically go to the defense mechanism that they have built programmed into them, which is to tune you out, not pay you any mind, or they just want to be argumentative for the sake of being argumentative instead of trying to see Everybody's point of view And then try to work towards A common solution That can satisfy everybody Exactly And and, and even further With social media like I, If I If I'm gonna have a conversation I've had I've had the conversation With people I'm not saying I haven't You know what I mean I'm uh-huh. not Saying I'm on the fence I've had the conversation But if I've had the conversation 
it's been a face-to-face conversation with somebody you know what i mean with the social media thing but i can't have that conversation on social media because you got something a million and something odd people on social media and you post something on there on social media you're pretty much opening up the floor for a million people to have an opinion you know what i mean and there's nothing wrong with having an opinion but like i said when you already have when that person already has their mind made up there is no room for an intelligent debate that is that is the truth man like i've even done you know a lot of what i would like to call social experiments like where i'll post a specific topic just to you know trying to kind of like check everybody's temperature to see what they thinking and everything like that and i'll post something and say for example like pizza is the most disgusting food ever and then like you just got so much (laughs) you get so many different like you know people coming out from everywhere jumping down your case i'm like this is exactly what i'm trying the point i'm trying to prove is like it doesn't matter your opinion or whatever the case may be is like at the end of the day if somebody has their mind already made up about something there's no change in that you know what i'm saying right exactly i mean you would hope that you can come to some kind of uh, some kind of agreement in the middle, but yeah, that that that's not gonna happen with everybody. Yeah, and then the biggest thing also has been, you know, like with the you know ongoing police brutality, you know, things that's been happening around the country. Then also, you know, yeah. people talking about black on black crime. It's just like yo, just those two conversations is just like a a powder keg, and it's like the moment you introduce one you know you got somebody that comes with the other argument and then it just sparks off and the next thing you know it's just uh it's not even uh an intelligent conversation anymore as you put it you know what i'm saying it's more so just two people just screaming at each other going back and forth just because right. they feel as though their opinion about the situation is right I mean, right. it's not even a conversation anymore it's just people talking at each other and it kind of goes back to what i was saying about the whole uh you know Apologize because I keep forgetting the kids. I don't be on social media like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So I keep forgetting the kids' name, you know. No uh, problem. Bless it. So, but it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with that. You know what I mean? It's almost like a cop, a cop kills a black person, right? Mm-hmm. And there's an outrage about it. And then you got somebody on social media, a cop kills a white person, and it's like, okay, well, where's the outrage about this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's it's almost a lose lose situation. Like when you know, to me, it's almost a lose lose situation. It's like all right, but yeah, like you said, people are people are pushing pushing their own agenda. It's like what what's the point of even bringing that up? It's like we know that there's cops out there killing white people too. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, but these in these particular situations that we were talking about, there's there's okay. I think what in the George Floyd one, there, there was arrests made, but. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They've been charged. They haven't been convicted. Right. Breonna Taylor's uh, killers. Still, they still haven't been arrested. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like that's 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 the whole point we're trying to make. But it's like sometimes people just see right past that mm-hmm. to what they want to see. Exactly. So you know, and then you also you get the arguments where. It comes down to you know black on black crime or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Some people feel like that's a, just a divisive term people use to take people's focus off of what's going on with police brutality. I'm like, listen, like we're not not acknowledging that it's not happening or what's going on, but we also got to acknowledge the other side of the situation too. When it comes to black on black crime, well, that's not a real thing. Da 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 da. But like, you just have this man 
of color just killed this man of color. So like, what is it if it's not a real thing? What I'm just watching yeah. uh, an animation on television or something? That's real. This man just you know lost his life. Comes, you know? Huh? Yeah. You know what it comes down to? And I, I think I was just having a conversation with somebody about this the other day because we grew up in two completely different areas, mm-hmm. right? Two completely different areas, two completely different backgrounds. <clears throat> and I was like, so say you live in, I don't even know, I don't even want to make up the city, but just some random town in uh, Nebraska or mm-hmm. something. A lot of people, that person that's from that town in Nebraska, well, a lot of times be like, well, it doesn't happen where I live, so it must not be happening nowhere else. Be yeah. Like, no, it's real. Just yeah. because it doesn't happen where you live doesn't mean it doesn't happen everywhere else. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, because growing up, growing up where I grew up, oh man, there's been plenty of times where, so you know, I'm I'm black and Mexican. You know, my dad's black, mm-hmm. and my mom's my mom's uh, she's had, she's black and Mexican, so I'm black part Mexican. Okay. So my skin complexion is very is a very light light tone. Well, I'm just also a bigger guy too. Mm-hmm. So in the area that I grew up, uh, there's a there's a pretty dense Samoan population. There are people that don't know what Samoans are those Pacific Islanders, right. you know, they're from the island of Samoa. And uh, or like you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson or Junior Seau, for, yeah. Yeah. for reference that people don't know. Well. In the area that I lived in, there was a pretty dense Samoan population. So growing up, I'd be walking around the neighborhood at night, coming home from my friend's house. It'd be dark. Cop pull up on me, flash the light on me. Doesn't ask me. Um, doesn't ask me if I live around there or what I'm doing or none of that stuff. First thing he asked me is, "Do you claim anything?" That's the first question they would always ask me, like if I was from a gang or anything. And I'm like, nah. So they sit me down on the curve. And, um, which I'm not gonna lie, it was a couple of times it was my fault because I was out of the curfew because I wasn't 18 yet. Okay. So just to, just to clarify that. But they sit me down on the curve and it's almost like a, a guilty till proven innocent thing. Yeah. So they, I'm like, I live right around the corner. How do we know that? You know what I mean? And I was like, well, and I didn't have a cell phone at the time. So, um, luckily, one time, this one particular time, uh, there was two cops. I had one, one who was just being a complete jerk. The other one um, actually pulled out his cell phone and let me dial my house. And uh, my mom happened to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so they let me go. But, you know, a lot of times it was like, it, I never, it never went as far as uh, physical harm for me. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the, um, the intimidation factor and uh, profiling that I look like somebody in the area that did X Y Z happened a bunch of times. Yeah. So like what I what I try to tell people is like you know just because it doesn't happen in Middle America, whatever town you live in, don't think that everywhere in the country is like that. Yeah. That's not that's not how it is. You know what I mean? Once you get out and see the world or the country for that matter. Like, that's what I like about my job now. I'll travel, and I'll be working with people from New York, Nebraska, Mississippi. I work with people from Alaska. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we'll all be in one area. 
and just and different ages too you know i'm 30 i'll be working with kids that are like 20 years old or people all the way i worked with somebody up to like i think he was like 74 years old mm. and it's just amazing to see how different everybody is from each other living in the same country you know how different everybody is from each other oh yeah definitely. you know what i mean yeah and and you know I've had these conversations with people where they're like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, it happens, bro. Trust me. I said, you're looking at living proof. You know, I've been through X, Y, Z. And then I started explaining it to them. You know, I started explaining like about the neighborhood I'm from and everything. And there'd be a lot of times where people are just like left with like a shot look on their face because, (laughs) because it doesn't happen where they're from. You know what I mean? So, yeah I mean that's the thing too Like a lot of people Like they don't actually Believe it Until they actually See it with their own eyes Or until they actually Experience it Themselves You know what I mean Exactly Yeah You know I see you got This song here You know Lean on me With yourself Featuring Wise Intelligent And Phoenix Pagliaggi you know, so like, what was the motivation behind that originally when we recorded it? Cause I remember seeing a post that you put on uh, Facebook a few days ago. It was talking about, you know, the discussion that you had with a, another individual who had their feelings about it. And you had said that you had recorded it, you know, like a few years ago, but you just initially released it now. Like, what was the original um, motivation behind that record? So I probably wrote that song about five six years ago I think it was five years ago and um part like uh it kind of ties into why it takes me so long to come out with projects because you know as I'm like I said I'm 31 now so I was probably 26 back then mm-hmm. um as I go through everyday life I'm still growing so a lot of things that I have to talk about uh the subjects change and vary a lot so with that particular record um, I was speaking from the perspective of a young, a young black man, uh, not knowing how much power I actually had. Mm-hmm. So, um, cause you know, there's people out there on the front lines, uh, you know, uh, fighting for, uh, equal rights and everything. Right. And then it goes back to the same thing when I was saying like, you know, back then I was super like introverted so I was speaking from the perspective of a young black man who's like I'm with y'all I said but I don't being I don't I don't know where to start you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't I don't know where to start so I said the only way that I knew to express myself with what I was feeling was through music because I'm not I'm not as introverted as I used to, I'm not an introvert anymore I'm very outspoken and stuff now so anybody tell you that but back then that wasn't the case mm-hmm. so it was like okay well what avenue can I use to express how I feel about current situations that are going on in the country and music was kind of that way for me and um it was kind of supposed to be like a hymn for people that are going through it on a daily basis and really don't um, not everybody has a support system to lean on. So that's kind of what the song's for. It's kind of like, well, if you can, if I can motivate somebody through this song just by listening to it, that's why you hear me say, um, I can't remember the, I can't remember the lyrics right now, but, uh, it's like the end of my verse where I pretty much explain what I'm talking about in the whole verse. I'm like, uh, you know, if, if if somebody doesn't have a support system to lean on, that you can lean on this. It's pretty mm-hmm. much how I'm coming with it. 
And then uh, Wise Intelligent pretty much came and took it to a whole different level with what he was talking about in his verse. Mm-hmm. And then I and then um, I sent it to Phoenix, who um, we had probably this was probably like a, a year after we did uh, Fire and Ice. Mm-hmm. So I sent it to Phoenix, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm with it." So really, that's how the song came about. But you know, me, it was just kind of like being like, I don't know what kind of voice I have right now right because like I, said, I was like 25 26 i was like i don't know what, what kind of voice i have i'm still finding myself so c- to contribute to the cause so to speak this is what i can provide right. you know what i mean kind of like like an anthem for people to fall back onto when um when they're down and out to, to listen to just like gain some kind of inspiration or motivation to keep on pretty much to keep on keeping on Definitely respect that, man. It's definitely a relevant song, you know, in contrast to everything that's going on right now, you know, because so many people out there without a voice or people out there who do want to speak out but can't or whatever the case may be or, you know, especially with everybody that's going through things right now, you know, you got people out there that's not working right now, people out there that's losing family members, people out there that are losing practically everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's definitely a very relevant song. With everything that's going on right now in this day and age, yeah, definitely, man. And I was like, uh, like I said, I had I had had it for four or five years, and I was like, I said, this this needs to, I need to let this breathe, mm-hmm. pretty much. So it's very interesting how they came <laughs> all together and how you was able to release it now with everything that's going on. You know what I'm saying, right? What's what's been the feedback that you've been getting so far, other than that one individual that. Was overly opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for the most part, um, I've been getting a lot of. We need the main thing I've been getting is we need more songs like this mm-hmm. at, at, during during these times, and uh, pretty much like that. Usually, when I when I release a song, mm-hmm. it's usually I usually get feedback from a musical standpoint. Okay. You know, what I mean, be like, oh, that's this song got a dope flow or it got a dope beat or it's very well put together. But for this song, I've been getting more like personal feedback, like okay. about how people feel, like how it makes them feel, or you know, like what's being what's being talked about in the record and uh, stuff like that. So I'm I'm getting a lot of feedback, like you said, people. Uh, very one a very opinionated individual, mm-hmm. but I'm also getting a lot of positive feedback from people talking about the song overall and just the positivity in it and the message of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's actually that actually means more to me than somebody telling me like you know, the flow is dope or the beat is dope or you know the, you know stuff like that or the hook is dope. Absolutely, so, I've always said like even myself when I was an artist the most. Prize, you know, pieces of work that I've done is ones that had people come back to me and telling me that it is either influenced them in a way or it's helped them get through a situation that they was going through. Like to me, like that's better. That's that's the ultimate compliment more so than anybody saying, "Yo, this, that that song was fired. The beat was dope, or whatever the case may be." Anybody that said that has touched them in a positive way that made them 
either realized something or it, it created a positive outcome for them in their life and the situation that they was going through. Like to me, that's the best piece of work that you could ever put out as an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's facts. Because you know, um, really, when when somebody's touched by a song like that, um, it means that they related to it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's that's my main thing with when I release something is I like to I like I'm usually speaking from my a lot of songs that I write are now about like you know personal experiences and stuff. I even write songs about people uh, who I've had experiences with, but. I kind of write them in a way where um, where people don't know if I'm talking about a particular person or or if I'm speaking on somebody else's situation. Right. You know what I mean? So, but when somebody comes back to me and they're like, "Yo, I felt that like you know my heart," or or I went through something like this, or it's it's that more gratifying for me um, than than hearing about. Um, like I said, the beat or the flow or something like that, or you or this punchline was crazy or mm-hmm. something like that. So that that was very gratifying for me. The the um, feedback I'm getting from it right now. So um, I actually got a B side for it that's coming called uh, My Poetry, mm. which uh, features my guy uh, Range Messenger, who was actually featured on um, my No Love Lost single. I remember the first time you let me hear that joint right there. I was like, yo, this joint right here is fire. You sent it to me as an exclusive too, man. I still pumped that joint. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I love that song right there. Like, cause it's like, it's so, so, it got that soul centric feel to it. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's a very dope song, man, for real. Yeah, man. That's my jam right there. So going forward, like, what can we expect? You know, for the rest of 2020, coming from chaos to MC, like, what can we, the people, look forward to? Man, I got so much planned. It's just all about how to execute it uh, with the remainder of this year. It might, it might trickle into next year, mm-hmm. but I mean, like, for the most part, um, I got, cause I got so much music, like, in the vault. Remember, I told you I took a hiatus for a while. Yeah. So. I got so much music involved that I was planning a um, like a EP trilogy kind of mm. and each one I think each was gonna have like eight to ten songs on it and um, the first one is actually supposed to have lean on on it okay and then aside from those uh, me and my animal gang brethren uh, syndicate of misfit we actually got a project together called uh, street compositions mm. And then there's another there's an Animal Gang EP in the works right now as well, and um, also me and um, the Solution from uh, Ugly Pitch Records we're actually working on a joint project that he's producing and I'm doing all the rhyming on also, nice. and that one actually should be out uh, maybe this month or next month. Okay, I'm looking forward to it, man, because like I said, like. When I first heard you And then we first did the interview together I'm like yo The first thing that came to mind When I first heard you And shout out to my man Sharif Over there at Blackfish Radio Promo Team Cause he's the one that sent me Yeah you know what I mean He's the one that sent me You know your music And what introduced me to you And I was like The first thing that came to my mind when I heard you was wordsmith You know what I'm saying I'm like this dude got away with words And he can definitely get his message out there In an intricate way with words That you know it sounds complex But you can still understand it You know what I'm saying And it's definitely yeah. something that has that impact on you 
that's my yeah that's my thing that I'm talking about because it's like like even when I have a I have a, I have a conversation with uh, somebody that's the thing I like about writing mm-hmm. so when it comes to writing a song it's just, it's just you and whatever canvas that you you know I mean you know you can say pen or pad or phone I like to use words can the word canvas it sounds mm-hmm. uh sounds fancy but anyway whatever <laughs> whatever canvas you it's just you and that canvas and you got nothing but time to get across and uh articulate whatever you want to uh whatever point you want to get across or whatever you want to express you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's that's really what drew me to writing because when i'm talking to somebody in person um I have so many thoughts on my mind, but my mind, my mind moves so fast that I have so many thoughts on my mind and I know what I want to say, but I can't articulate it all the time the way that it is in my head. You know what I mean? So it'll come out jumbled up where I'll like, when you talk to somebody, they got like a chronological way of how they want to say a certain thing. So it'd be like point A, point B, point C. Right. Well, with me, I'll start point A and then I'll go to point B and then all of a sudden I'll jump back to like point because I'll say something in the middle of what I'm saying that that reminded me of what I want something I wanted to say at the beginning so then I'll jump back to point A then I'll jump to point C then I'll jump to point A again then I you know what I mean so I'm all over the place with it so with writing when it comes to writing for me so, like I said, you have nothing but time to articulate and organize your thoughts uh, and get across the message that you want to say. So that's what draws me so much to writing. And I guess, the, and if you ask me, that's why the way my music comes out the way it does. Mm-hmm. That's what's up, man. So you know, for everybody out there that's listening, and you know they want to go check out your music, like how can they do that? Yo, so the main place I would say is um. Is a chaos c a y o z dot bandcamp dot com. So like just about every release that uh that comes out for me, you can usually find it on there. Like no issue. Um, usually the SoundCloud takes a little bit longer to get updated. I'm not gonna lie, I will be slacking on it sometimes. <laughs> me too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can find me on there. Bandcamp is probably the the sure place where you can find it. Uh, the new music. Um, but also like SoundCloud. If you want to hit me, hit me up on SoundCloud. You know SoundCloud.com. Uh, Chaos C A Y O Z D A Beast two fifteen. So Chaos the Beast two fifteen. No doubt. And um, yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really do the Twitter no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's like essential to like internet uh networking and stuff, but. With, with the current state of things, I, I prefer to stay off social media and everything. Nah, I feel you. But, man. Uh, like, I be taking my breaks and hiatuses too from time to time. Man. Yeah, man, it's 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 a lot. To, it's a lot to take in. But you can always find me on um, Instagram at uh, chaos underscore the underscore mc emc double I'm pretty active on Instagram. No doubt, man. So you know. um Definitely, we got to have you back here again, man. That you know, talk some more about you know your projects when they come out and everything. Because I'm pretty sure you know there's people out there after they hear this, um, after they hear this "Lean on Me" record and they hear my poetry and they hear some of your older bodies of work that we play here on the show. They're definitely going to be interested in hearing, you know, hearing from you with this, you know, this new 
wave of music that you're putting out, man. So we definitely looking forward to it, man. And we would definitely love to have you back on the you know on the show to talk about it, man. Oh yeah, definitely, man. And it's like you know, and even with the even with the offerings that I'm giving right now, like yeah, they're old. We'll see. Here's, I just want I just want to explain just real quick. Now go ahead. So I, I think you might have seen like a post that I had the other day mm-hmm. where I was saying I never really understood the term uh, music is timeless. I said until, and these just happen to be the records that I played for somebody. So lean on in my poetry. And I played it for them. They're like, yo, that's crazy. So I'm so, yo, 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 uh, your writing game is really stepped up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these songs are like four or five years old. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. So, so when I say like, that was when I really understood the term music is timeless is because the reason it takes me so long to release music is I told you like, I, I, I'm constantly going through changes in life, but at the same time, so I'll listen to I'll listen to something while I'm recording it mm-hmm. or while it's being mixed. I'll hear it like a thousand times. And after that I'm just like sick of it. I'm like, I don't even want to hear it no more. It sounds old to me. But yeah. it sounds old to me doesn't mean it don't sound it doesn't mean it's gonna sound old to the consumer when it comes out. That's true. And that's the part that I wasn't realizing at first. But now I realize that. Yeah. So, so there's gonna be a lot of new music coming. That's that's one thing, you know what I'm saying? Like for artists that have the ability to release old music that they recorded like some some five years ago and release it in current times and it sound relevant, that's the mark of a true artist right there because it's like it's not it's like you're not writing just for that particular moment. You're writing for moments down the road. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. why like you got some artists out there that can still go out there and perform their entire catalog because they didn't write it for the moment. Like you hear a lot of these songs yeah. now and they all for the moment. So like ten years from now, that joint is not going to be relevant. People's not even going to be feeling it. They'll probably remember and be like, oh like yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was the joint back then. But uh-huh. when you get those people that say, yo, I remember him in this joint back in 2002 and here it is 2020 and it still sound like it's brand new like that's yeah, that's the market they remember where they were when they heard it too that's the crazy part absolutely man yeah so it's like um i can't it was an interview with uh lupe fiasco and i remember and i think this changed like my whole writing perspective because i remember he did an interview where i can't remember which album they was talking about it is but he was saying that um a lot of people don't understand that not all music is meant to be enjoyed at that right. current point in time. He said, you know, just like wine, he said, music ages. He yeah. said, so at that point in time, people might not understand it. He said, but five, ten years from now, they might listen to it again and be like, oh, man, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and they'll, they'll click and they'll get it. Like, that's what he was saying. Oh, now I understand. Like, yo. I, right, <laughs> right. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. Because it made me think of Joe Button's first album that he officially put out. Because I remember before that he had just the you know the best of me Joe Button's mixtape or whatever. And he was popping up on features and freestyles all throughout the tri-state area and everything. And then finally, by the time he released his first album, he had said it in one of his songs that by the time I'm on my fifth album, you should understand the first one. Like that, that rings true. Man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, that's crazy, bro. Yeah, that is, man. So a lot of people, a lot of people slept on that man. Uh, for real, man. Like I be, he, he, he's a certified asshole now. 
and he always <laughs> has been. But I still like Joe Buttons, man, because like he's definitely one of the artists I could say that when I was really like heavy into my, you know, wanting to be an artist and writing and everything like that. He was he's definitely one of those ones that was a big inspiration to me and a major influence in my music. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I still got the very first Joe Buttons um album and everything like that. And I still listen to it from time to time and like, yo, like if people would only just would have gave this a chance instead of being quick to call it a flop, they would have been like, yo, this is definitely a, a, a well put together album. Man. I, I say that yeah. personally as a as a fan of music, not just a fan of yeah. buttons. But that's just because the people wanted an album, an album full, uh, an album worth of pump it up. So that's why. Yeah, that's why they didn't give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like on that one, like my one of my favorite songs. Um, what is it? Uh, I can't think of it. Um, Survivor. Survivor is one of my favorite songs, and then Ten Minutes is one of my favorite songs. You're like, it's definitely a well put together body of work. And anybody out there that's listening right now, I suggest you go back there, and go check out the whole entire album at this point in time. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like it's true, like what he said though. Like you know, uh, once my fifth album's out, when you start getting to those, uh, what was that series? Movie music? music, yeah. Everybody started catching on Like he wasn't Doing that the whole time Yeah You know what I mean They thought it was new Like to, like oh 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 Joe Budden's been like this Like no, nah, he's been like that The whole time He's been like that Yeah like you heard exactly. Pump it up Like you gotta go back Into the earlier catalog And like That's what I tell people All the time Like you can't just listen To like the radio singles Man you gotta go back Into the old catalog And like really listen To these people You know what I mean Right that's fat right there Yeah like that's where You're gonna find All the good shit Like the radio was I You know what I mean It introduced you To an artist But if you really Like want to st- uh, Study an artist Go back and check out Their earlier works You know what I'm saying You'll find some things That are incredible That you That you're never Going to hear On the you know Regular mainstream radio Or anything Right yeah Cause you know I, This is just how I feel um, uh, Artists Earlier in their career They don't some of them know what their fan base is, mm-hmm. but earlier in their career, you know, some of them don't, right. and some of them don't know what formulas work and what doesn't work. So on that first that first project, you know, they said you never have a second chance to make a first impression. Mm-hmm. So on that first project, a lot of artists they'll attack they'll attack the project from all kinds of angles, mm-hmm. and usually a lot of times it comes out amazing. But then when they put the project out. And they see what works and what doesn't. On that second album is usually when they formulate. Start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start coming well yeah, rounded yeah. and start getting that. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely. But get like you. their earlier, yeah, but their earlier work is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my earlier works the same way. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, there was no, there was no, no love lost on my first, my first projects or none of that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I made a I made a suggestion like uh yesterday. I had po- put up a post on both Facebook and on um on Instagram. And I said, "You know what? The current versus and I I took some flack from from some people. But I was like, "You know what? I think the versus battles will be so much more entertaining if we get to hear those unreleased records that didn't make the album that you know, people would never probably get a chance to hear. I'm like, yo, that right there will really set the playing field where, you know what I mean? Like, we get a chance to really judge this artist's body of work, not from the hits and, you know, the popular records, but from the unreleased joints that we never got a chance to hear. Right. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's that's facts though, because like I've been there's artists I've been around who have like a mate like two. Actually, I don't want to put his business out there, but friend A mm-hmm. <laughs> has a has a project with one of my favorite. I mean, not a project, a song with one of my favorite artists. Well, actually, he has a, a project with one of my favorite artists too. Mm-hmm. But um, he's kind of like me. He didn't heard the song so many times that he just never put it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that happens with a lot of artists with their unreleased materials. Like, you know, they hear it so many times, they're kind of sick of it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that the the audience is going gonna, is gonna to be sick of it. Who gets sick of a song on the first listen? That's true. You know what I mean? I mean, when it comes to certain artists, I do. <laughs> like just, yeah. just some artists is like yo like alright man I don't, I, don't, I don't ever want to hear this record again turn it off get it out of my CD player wherever I'm listening to it like just I'm done that's it <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe that was maybe that was the wrong way to approach it. but let me put okay let me put it like this nobody has a prior opinion to a song before the first time they hear it that's how true. about that I, I like that yeah, that's, that's, that's really yeah. true <laughs> yeah cause they don't know what to expect so after that first listen is a little different. One artist I gotta give, and I'm I'm gonna say, you know, he made an impression on me with this recent song that he put out there, is Little Baby. Like me, I do not listen to a lot of the new music out here, and that's that's right. that's a well known fact. But right. I feel like this whole like this whole current time has changed a lot of the artists out here and we hearing like real music coming from them and I'm on my way home from work this morning and I'm listening to the Breakfast Club and then I'm happy to hear a new song that I never heard before from Little Baby, and I'm like, "Yo, this joint is actually kind of fire." Like he's talking about real stuff and stuff that I can relate to, like what's going on right now. You know, what I'm saying I can't relate to all that club stuff and you know worries and demon time and all that foolishness, but I can relate to these current events that's going on because we all are affected by it. And I'm like, right. him, and to hear him actually like. You know, coming from his perspective, I'm like, yo, this joint right here is something I will look forward to. Now, if he can stay on this course, I will listen to him all the time. But you know what? Unfortunately, we're not going to get that because, you know, he already has a set fan base and people going to expect X, Y, and Z from him. So, you know, but shout out to him for yeah. that record, though, because it was definitely dope. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's so, it's so crazy, you know, when it comes to stuff like that because, um, and don't nobody get mad at me but fan bases <laughs> are so wishy-washy you know what I mean mm-hmm. so you have artists like Lil Baby who do a song like that and um, when he usually did stuff did songs that were totally left field for that song mm-hmm. and uh, that's what his fan base expects so yeah you know you might have one anomaly out of the rest of your catalog and then, but if you continue down that road, then all of a sudden your core fan base is like, oh, he ain't the same yeah. little baby that, you know what I mean? Then, in some instances, you will have the fan base who, because they've been so invested in you and listen to your music all the time, kind of like a Jay-Z or a Nas, mm-hmm. well, kind of Nas, you know, people still talk about his beat selection. <laughs> well, but like Jay-Z, <laughs> right, but like a Jay-Z where, or a Drake, that's a perfect example, Drake. Yeah. Like a Drake where, his core fan base is so invested that it doesn't matter what he puts out, it's going to take off. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So, it's like, uh, was it one of my favorite rappers, Fonte, little brother? He said, uh, what did I just laugh with it? He said, uh, 
because uh, today's fan is tomorrow's rap critic. That's true. That's true, uh-huh. man. Do you feel like as an artist, because I know I'm pretty sure you go through this, just like any other artist go through it. Do you feel as though that the fans pretty much stop artists from evolving, or do you feel like it's the record? Label itself or the entertainment uh, or the music business itself that doesn't give artists the proper chance to evolve from what we first hear when they first come out. Uh, I think it's a mixture of both. I think it's the artists who already have their who are already established and have a core fan base before a major even gets involved. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, well, what they're doing is already working. You know what I mean? Right. It's like what they're doing is already working. So. Why change it? But then you have uh, artists who probably made a certain type of music, um, but probably wasn't as established as the previous act that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then a major gets involved and tries to change their whole sound up. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then one of two things happens: either they open up to a broader fan base. Who was bigger, probably bigger than their core fan base that accepts their new sound, mm-hmm. or there is no, or they don't take off to a new fan base, and then their previous fan base is like, oh, they changed, right? You know what I mean? So I mean, it's there's so many ways that it can go. It, I think it all just depends on the situation, really. That makes a lot. But of I sense. mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, artists. I think. I think fan bases can start growth as well, but I don't even know if I want to say growth, but because uh, fan bases are the consumers, you know what I mean? So they're going to buy the music. They're going to make an opinion of whether they like the music or not, and that determines if they buy it or not. That's true. You know what I mean? So, but I think for the most part, uh, I think uh, the only person that can really stunt your growth is the artist, really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think it's the artists from listening. Like I talk about it in some of my songs, but you know, like being being concerned with what people want to hear exactly. and whatnot. Instead that's of making that's music what from I, songs. exactly. That's yeah. what I think really stunts your growth. Now, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. In some instances, with major labels, you really don't have no choice because yeah. I think it was was it Lupe for his um. Damn, I forgot what album it was. It might have been um, Tetsuo and Youth, Mm -hmm. I want to say it was. He said before he even got started recording the album, the label came to him with like six songs. And it was like, all right, you got to do these six songs and then finish whatever songs you want to do after that. But you got to do these six songs first or your album's not coming out. Mm. Yeah. So then where he lucked out was the label couldn't clear the samples for those six songs. And they came back to him like, we can't clear samples. He's like, well, what are y'all telling me for? He said, now nah, I can make the album that I want to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, I think whole... it's really um, my a mixture of... No, nah, I think it's really... It all depends. I try to keep like a, a broad perspective on it. I was like, I think it all depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on the situation you're in. I mean, you can stunt your, you can stunt your own growth as an artist. The label can stunt your growth. Or the fans can stunt your growth. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I agree. I definitely agree with that. And one more question I wanted to ask you before, you know, we get ready to wrap everything up. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, I don't know, like, how much you've really been paying attention to, like, you know, like, 
this whole talk about you know Drake possibly going independent or remaining independent because he just finished his deal over there at Young Money, uh, you know, Young Money Cash Money Records. Like, right. how do you feel about the potential impact he could make if he was to just push his own imprint and stay, you know, not signed to a major? How do you feel? How you feel that would change the dynamics of the music industry as uh, as a whole? I think it could be huge, honestly, to mm. tell you the truth, because um, because he's kind of, I don't want to say he's on the level of a Jay-Z, but what I mean is he's to that point as an artist where he could put out just about anything. His core fan base is, is going to love it. Mm. You know what I mean? They're going to buy it, pretty much. So... You know, not being major anymore, you know, you're cutting out all the middleman and everything, and most of the revenue is coming back to you. Mm-hmm. And if he could actually make that work, which I, I, if you ask me, I think, I think it's going to work because of the, because of his, the, the brand that he's built. But if it actually works, I think it could be huge for the, um, the whole business. I agree. You know I, what I mean? I think it's, I think, and it's something I've been comparing it to. I think it would have the same effect, like with the Joe Rogan uh, Spotify deal. As far as like people that make podcasts and independent content and things, I think that would have like the same effect if he was to land like some kind of a deal like that, where you know his music stays, you know, you know, exclusively under his imprint or whatever, and then somebody comes along and wants to you know cut a side deal with him. Not necessarily yeah. like a label though. I think it really will change the dynamic of the way the music industry is, you know, run, I think. Yeah. So like it, with him, because I, I, I read the post, but I can't remember. But mm-hmm. I mean, if he has like all his uh, publishing and masters and all that stuff still, then yeah, it could definitely be huge. Yeah. I guess that's you know one I mean? of the things about the way you see Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. But it could be huge, you know. It can it can definitely be a domino effect. Oh yeah, I'm def- other artists will see it and be like, oh, you know, he he's kind of he's kind of kind of like um, how do you say? Kind of like the not to get off the subject for a second, but the whole like uh back like in the, in the NBA when LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all teamed up. Yeah, they kind of they kind of started that wave of forming super teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they were the first ones to make the sacrifice, and everybody's like, "Oh, we don't like it." But then everybody stopped doing, started doing it afterwards. Well, so I to think- be honest with you, like I can I can agree with you, disagree with you on that one. I would say really the first super team that we really saw, like as the format that we know now, where they had an actual big three, would be the you know Boston Celtics, the 2008 Boston Celtics, when they had. Kevin well, Garnett. that's a fact because because I remember Dwayne Wade said the whole reason they teamed up was because of the Celtics. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, but but the, what I mean though by it is even when they team, even when the Celtics teamed up together though, wasn't nobody hating them as much as the way that everybody was hating Miami when it happened there. Oh yeah, because you know, yeah. LeBron James and Dwayne Wade like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, you know, that's that's. that's Pretty much, that's my point about yeah. the whole thing with Drake. Drake is kind of, I'm not going to say he's going to be a sacrifice because I think he's going to make it work. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be that sacrifice to go out on that limb and try it and, try and it. probably be successful with it. And then there might be a wave of people after. Well, he made it work. So, you know what I mean? That's yeah, the wave I'm gonna, now. Yeah, I'm going to try to make it work. Yeah. Right, exactly. 
So. You know, <laughs> and getting back real quick to that whole Miami Heat thing, speaking from a New York Knicks perspective and as a fan of the New York Knicks, that's why we hated him because we wanted him to come here. <laughs> so, you know <laughs> I mean? so, so uh, when he did that, you know, that, that, that the decision. Taking my talents to South Beach. Yo, I remember. Every Knicks fan throughout, whether it's New York City, anywhere you was in the, in the world that day, like yeah. it's just it's just a different type of hate for LeBron James that we had. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. Cause I was just watching this interview today, so I mean, you know, Drake can go and make it work, but from an artist standpoint, uh, all the artists are probably going to be looking at him to to see if it works. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, if he makes it work, then they're going to be like, oh yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna go that route. Yeah, but then on the flip side. All the record companies and everything are going to be looking at him like because he's doing something different. Uh, that is something bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, kind of like, kind of like. So, I was watching an interview today with Dwayne Wade, and he was talking about why everybody got so mad when LeBron James went to Miami, and it was like, well, because he, he said because everybody expected his career to be like Michael Jordan's. You know, they want him to stay in Cleveland and. He was supposed to win four championships and stuff. Yeah, he said, but he, he deviated from that and took his career into his own hands. He said and that was different for the times. And he said, and people didn't like it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be the same thing if Drake decides to do that. When on the executive side, they probably ain't going to like it very much because he'll be opening the door for all the artists behind him to duplicate the same thing yeah. if he's successful with it. I think I think Steve Stout said that in an interview recently that if Drake was decided to go independent, he would ruin the music industry. Yeah, yeah. like I said, he's one of them artists. He can put out any man. Some of the songs I'm not going to knock the man, but some of the songs that like that Hotline Bling and some other songs he didn't put. I'm like, damn, people ate it up. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't really think of five other artists if they would have put something out like that. People would have ate it up the same way they did when he put it out. Yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I did like I do. Well, I ain't gonna say did. I do like Hotline Hotline Bling. You know what I'm right. saying? That was actually one of my favorite songs from him. But I like more, Drake more so like when he was first coming out compared to like his, yeah, yeah, compared to what he became over the years. Like he became more so an entertainer because he tries to just jump on every trend that's going on and try to make it his own or whatever. Yeah. And that's it's smart because he's definitely making it work for him in his best interest and that's how he's staying relevant. But like me, I right. like more so of his earlier work when he was coming out. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was kinda saying like we talking about Joe Budden, you know what I mean? His his earlier work he really didn't have a formula mm-hmm. to uh, he really didn't have a formula, so he was just coming out and just spitting. You know, I mean, pretty much like for like on comeback season, he was spitting and he was he was making some dope music back then. Mm-hmm. And then um, he got with Wayne, and then his his form. I said format, didn't I? I meant formula. His formula mm-hmm. kind of changed a little bit, and he started seeing what was selling and what people were gravitating to. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it started switching up. So that's what I was saying, like about artists earlier in their career. They really don't have. They might have a little fan base, but they might want to open themselves up to a broader fan base. Yeah, that's true. But so they experiment with that early work to see what works with a broader fan base. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he definitely found that broader fan base. I will say that. Yeah, 
he found that broader <laughs> fan base and he hasn't looked back ever since. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Yeah, man. So, yo, we definitely, man, I wish we had more time, man. You know what I mean? Because, like, we could sit and we could talk all night. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, unfortunately, we do have to get ready to wrap it up and everything like that. So, before we go, you have any closing words or any advice for anybody out there that's listening or any shout outs you want to give? Yeah, man. Shout out to my crew, man. You know, first and foremost, uh, mm-hmm. Animal Gang, all 25 of us, or how many of us are. Uh, and, uh, you know, any independent artists any independent artists out there, you know, just keep grinding because no matter what you think, somebody is always watching. That's the always. Fact. Somebody is always watching. And I said, and uh, anybody out there fighting a the good fight, <laughs> keep it up. No doubt about it, man. So for everybody out there, definitely want to say thank you once again to my man, K-Guys, for coming back through here and checking it out one more time with the Nonstop Radio Show as we present the In the Spotlight Show hosted by yours truly. This episode is going to be dropping real soon on SoundCloud and all of our affiliate networks, so definitely be on the lookout for that. And you can also head over there to the EJP Entertainment Anchor channel to check this interview out as well once again chaos man we definitely appreciate you for coming back one time and kicking it with us man we definitely looking forward to having you back again real soon man oh, definitely man definitely i got a, i got a lot of stuff in store for the remainder of this year and uh first quarter or first half of next year so definitely looking forward to it man hopefully we get some of them joints over here on the non-stop radio show man we you know spend them joints oh yeah definitely no doubt. So for the rest of y'all out there, it's your boy Emilio Wackball. Y'all all stay tuned. We out of here, y'all. Yeah. Want to be heard on the nonstop radio show? Send us your submissions in MP3 format at Let's Network Musically 212 at gmail.com. This is nonstop radio.